0: In business, relationships matter. We all know this, right? If you wanna get a job, who you know matters. You want to build a partnership, who you know matters. But if this is the case, why is there no great software to manage this whole process? Well, there is as of now, it's called Primeflow. Primeflow helps you build a relationship-driven business and even allows you to build a whole agency around your network. With Primeflow, you're able to connect multiple parties like clients and partners. You're able to organize high-quality prospects at scale who could potentially be business partners in the future. And once people do business with each other that you've connected, you can then get your fee through Primeflow. In a world dominated by Excel and old CRMs, Products like PrimeFlow are a godsend. So thank you so much, PrimeFlow, for sponsoring this episode of Forward Thinking Founders. If you want to build a relationship-driven business and build an agency around your network, you need PrimeFlow. Go to PrimeFlow.com or just email me, Matt at MattSherman.com or DM me on Twitter if you want to skip the wait list and get access immediately. That's PrimeFlow.com or email me at Matt at MattSherman.com or DM me on Twitter, PrimeFlow.com. Build a relationship-driven business. All right, let's get into the episode. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks. Uh, uh, It's going pretty well. How are you? I'm doing well. Just sipping on some coffee, chatting with founders about their awesome companies, including yours. I'd love to hear for people that haven't heard of DevShopper, they aren't sure what you're working on. Can you please share what is DevShopper? Yeah, of course. So DevShopper is a new online platform for
1: matching people who need custom software development with some of the best dev shops in the world. Like uh, think shops where the CTO is an AWS serverless hero or uh, wrote books for the likes of PACT about uh, specific technologies and such. Um, and the service is free for our end users and there's no commission. We charge the shops a small flat monthly fee to access the platform instead, which allows us to run it as a free public service for entrepreneurs. Uh, and because there's no middleman uh, involved, um, it further brings down the cost of a typical project about 20% on average. And the bidding process takes place over 48 hours, with the shops running a mini discovery process in the Q&A section before they send in their estimates. So it's almost pretty fast. Um, the user decides in the end which bidders they want to talk, uh, which bidders they want to uh, continue talking with, and can do so in an anonymous fashion through integrated private one-on-one chat.
0: So uh, uh, if you can break down for me, what's the difference? Like, so right now you're you're matching with dev shops, which is kind of, is this different from matching with single developers? Can you kind of like walk me through if I wanted to use this, what would be some of the things I would want to build if I was to come on to devshopper.com versus something that might just take one developer or something like that?
1: Sure, of course. So, um, well, uh, for starters, one big difference is um, in today's world, as you know, uh, most projects don't uh, require like a a single freelancer or, you know, like a single specialized person, but rather an entire team of specialists uh, who specialize in different aspects of it uh, in order to ship it. So, and the thing is like, uh, if you go to uh, Upwork or one of uh, uh, big freelancing sites, um, uh, you won't really find any good dev shops there because like uh, um, low bidders have kind of like driven quality into the ground there on average. And um, and so they don't, uh, so the good ones don't stick around there. So like, uh, and at the same time, all these high quality uh, people are at these like high quality shops. So where do you go to find these? And right now there's, uh, there's no good place for that. Uh, so you were, you're kind of for, forced to go, uh, you know, kind of look for them manually and kind of like, you know, uh, ask every, every one of them for, you uh, um know for their time to kind of like you know schedule a call with them and follow up and it's it's a massive waste of time so uh, what we do is essentially there's like a single go-to point where you can go and just like uh, you post uh, your specification uh, tell them like uh, what uh, what sort of project you need like you know what your specific needs are and so on and um, and once it once it goes live uh, it's immediately visible to the entire pool of dev shops on the site who can um, ask you questions about it and to kind of clarify uh, if you want like a certain technology uh, there or like if you have like some other preferences or maybe like if you need to clarify something about um, your spec and so on, and um, and then they start sending you uh, their bids. So um, what happens at that point is essentially. Um, because like, um, it has um, a pretty, pretty big pool of shops. Um, it allows you to um, post any sort of project, like regardless of whether it's like, oh, you need just a, like a very small, simple MVP. Uh, if you're a, um, a solo uh, founder, and just kind of like, you know, pre-seed and all that. Or on the other hand, if you're, if you're already well down the road of being like, you know, a venture finance company, and maybe like at your CRC or something and you need like uh, something pretty big, you can also find like great shops for that. And uh, in that sense, they, they work with like, all sorts of uh, clients and they, they do in general. Um, so like, a typical project will get about six bids on average because they kind of tend to self-select what, they're, uh, what they specialize in and uh, kind of like, not bid on projects where uh, they don't feel comfortable bidding, which is uh, great uh, for the end users. And basically, once you once you have the bids, um, I mean, the control is on your uh, like in your hands like uh, throughout the entire process because the shops don't really know who you are. You're completely anonymous uh, until you're ready to uh, get in touch with uh, the ones you like. And once that happens, um, it's kind of like semi-anonymous because they can see your first name, but it's totally up to you when you want to um, um, reveal your identity. So there's no opportunity for cold outreach for anyone. And I know that because kind of like ever since I moved to the States in uh, 2012, um, having been a serial uh, entrepreneur in Europe and sold three companies over there. Uh, I know that like uh, nowadays it's kind of like every day for, uh, I get like 40 emails or such, like from all sorts of sorts of like service providers, like pitching me their um, social development services uh, even before uh, Dev Shopper came about. So, um, so I want to protect our users from that. So th- there's literally like no, um, no point of contact until you establish one.
0: Yeah that makes total sense. I, I'm kind of intrigued to know as you build this out you must get you know requests from people on both sides of the marketplace on like features that they want. How do you kind of balance uh, you know feature requests things that you could build with your product roadmap and I guess like how do you even prioritize what to build period um, you know um, when you're building software like this. Absolutely. I mean, uh, well, a starting point, the starting
1: point for this was uh, because, as I mentioned, like, uh, I, um, I'm present in a lot of different uh, ecosystems and know a lot of people because just because I've lived uh, both in Europe and in the States, I used to live in California for a few years now I'm, I'm in Texas. Um, I also was a mentor at five founders startup, so I, I get to, uh, I got to meet like a, a lot of uh, different founders um, from all different like backgrounds and different tech ecosystems. So I did hear um, um, all these like uh, people asking for like oh you know like do you know somebody who is who's great at doing like X Y Z in technology. So I would often connect people and see uh, what like a typical process looked like uh, in these cases, like uh, from both sides, both from uh, what the dev shops would tell me, like okay, so like. Uh, um, this is what the process looks like on our end and both from the shopper side oh are these guys any good how how do i bet them and so on and uh, so that formed our uh, initial hypothesis like what we needed to build and, and as you know, like the MVP is always just the starting point. So like you uh, you just start tweaking it based on feedback as, as you start getting projects. And in our case, because we, uh, we soft launched uh, uh, pretty recently, uh, about two, uh, two and a half months ago, uh, we already had about 30 projects on the site, um, mostly organic. So um, uh, the thing was like throughout these projects, uh, and some of which have already materialized into contracts between the dev shops and, and the users. Uh, we got to see like where uh, where we had like certain false assumptions early on. For example, like uh, early on, we thought that everything would be like uh, fixed scope uh, um, projects, where like you know there's a fixed scope spec and uh, um, shops just give you like you know kind of ballpark estimate for the whole thing. But then literally the second project we had we had on the site was a venture pack startup in New York uh, uh, who's grown a lot and their marketing uh, kind of ballooned to fifty people. And their engineering couldn't service them anymore. So they literally wanted to uh, um, um, uh, get an entire shop uh, leased to them for two months to do like landing pages and integrations and whatnot. So that was like one example where we were like, oh, okay, so we don't really like uh, support. And they specifically asked for like uh, uh, hourly rate per resource. And I'm like, okay, so we don't really support this use case right now, so we should add that. And kind of like following that logic, like whenever we we would notice something which would uh, kind of limit our users um, and or the dev shops, um, in certain regards, we would um, we would expand with like new features there. Uh, the only uh, the only exception to that is like we don't really compromise on our core um, thing about uh, um, this being like uh, an anonymous tool. Uh, because, again, as I said, uh, I know personally how, uh, how painful the cold outreach can be um, uh, to be on the receiving end of it. So, um, so I, I try to protect our users as much as I can from that. Plus there's no no good reason for like uh, asking people for like, you know, too much information or anything like that, because at this point, like you're essentially running uh, something similar to what would what would be like, you know, a tender process or something like, you know, so there's like a customer, they post something, the bidders <clears throat> send in their bids. And uh, by the end of it, uh, um, the customer just like chooses who they like best. Like in our case, uh, it often happens that like out of six bids, uh, uh, typical user uh, messages about four shops, starts conversations uh, with each of them, and then just uh, at some point, like, figures out, like, who is the best fit once they, um, uh, who they feel most comfortable with or uh, whatever their cr- criteria is uh, for this particular thing.
0: Yeah, I, definitely. I, one, one thing, another thing I'm kind of interested in learning about is how do you think about it? Um, like, do you, do you have this problem of finding equilibrium between both sides? Like, you, um, yeah, I guess, how do you think about getting enough dev shops on there and getting enough people that want dev shops? And do you ever have an issue of, like, too much of one side? Do you not really think about that much? I'm curious, like, how do you balance that, you know, where, you know, that's one of the key problems of, like, so many marketplaces?
1: You're totally right. I mean, like it is definitely, uh, I would say the problem for, for uh, new marketplaces because, uh, you know, it's one of those like chicken and egg things like you, you need both sides in order for a marketplace uh, to thrive. Um, so what we do there is uh, essentially like uh, there is no public sign up for the shops like uh, we literally can pick shops for uh, like the best from different ecosystems uh, right now. Um, and uh, having no public sign-up, that that allows us to control um, uh, the supply side to a degree. So there's no overcrowding or anything like that right now. And as we scale the platform, we tried. Uh, obviously, we cannot uh, control the the demand side because you know it's open to the internet. To the internet who, so whoever signs up there uh, can post their project. But uh, on the dev shop side, we we try to control that um, as we built out the product. And um, another thing is like just when it comes to kind of balance uh, between like feature requests, um, as you mentioned, uh, like on the on the shopper side or uh, uh, it as the user side. Um, People are generally like uh, very happy with what what they have in a sense that uh, like uh, pretty much like universal feedback we got from all the uh, users that we've uh, spoken with was the same, like, oh, this is awesome. There, there was a guy in Ireland who said like, you know, platform is class, like this is so easy. Uh, another guy from Florida was like, oh, this is like the easiest uh, experience shopping for developers like ever, and I do that all the time. Uh, so we definitely have something which is kind of like very simple and very straightforward and allows people to find quality providers very quickly. Um, on the other hand, on the DevShop side, uh, because like most of the functionality is on their uh, side, just like with the different uh, things like um, um, around like the QA section and like uh, different bidding options and like a bunch of other stuff um, as well. Um, so basically, uh, that's the site where we get most of feature requests from um, and they always have some ideas. So, for example, literally this morning, there was another request about something like, oh, you know, like right now when they attach like multiple attachments, um, you know, I have to click through, to, uh, through each of them to, to get them all. Like, can I just get like download a zip or something? And I'm like, sure. Yeah, I'll add it to Trello. So, um, so we try to be responsive, and uh, the idea is always uh, to prioritize what brings the highest value to the customer on both sides. Um, so, like um, if the if the customer says um, something like, "Okay, so this feature would um, help me achieve something in a, um, in an easier way," or maybe like this doesn't make any sense the way the way it works right now. We had like uh, both of these situations a lot early on. And uh, I feel like now we arrived to, to some point where, I mean, I, w- we still know there's like a bunch of things we, we need to do, but um, we arrived at this point where uh, it feels like pretty straightforward uh, uh, for both sides and, um, and serves uh, the basic need pretty well. Um, and the idea is uh, at some point also to expand with uh, more features with, which would allow dev shops also to uh, kind of foster uh, inter-dev shop economy as well. Um, so they can, uh, subcontract, uh, projects to each other, like, uh, or if they source them somewhere else, or like, uh, because it's a feast or famine business, um, they may get into this phase where kind of like when it's a down phase, like, you know, they have, uh, uh, a team sitting idle or something they, they could like, uh, lead them out to another shop or something like that. But that's all kind of like distant future right now. We're just focusing on building out the marketplace, um, and making sure that that part is pretty solid before we start uh, adding additional things, which kind of like brings me to this um, um, overall concept, uh, which is um, when, when I pitched you on Twitter for uh, for the podcast, uh, I said th- this is what the, uh, the Upwork for teams would look like if it didn't suck in, in the in-charge commission. Uh, and that's, that's totally true because uh, one thing about this is uh, we don't necessarily see this as like a typical marketplace where it's, Uh, Like we charge uh, people commission, that's how we make money or something like that. As I said, we charge the dev shops a flat monthly fee for using the platform. So it's a typical SaaS on that end. And um, uh, which allows us to just focus on uh, building like, you know, the best possible features and all that without... without necessarily having this uh, weird kind of like intermediary position where we um, kind of like drive people towards like certain uh, projects or certain deals and kind of like uh, prioritize who gets access to what and so on, like, no, well, we believe in free market. So it's like uh, pretty much uh, a project goes live, all the dev shops can see it, like they figure out if it makes sense for them to, uh, to jump on the opportunity um uh, some of them will just like opt out uh, right away they'll they be like no you know for example we uh, we have like one of the best shops uh, for blockchain in the world uh, on the site and they don't bid on anything else that they don't care about like you know web or mobile projects anything that doesn't uh, include uh, uh let's say you know ethereum or something like that they're like nope we're, we're skipping this and there's like a bunch of others like that uh, in in other uh specialty fields so so in that sense like there is um there's definitely uh, this, this sense where we're essentially building a SaaS for uh, dev shops on one end to kind of like run their operations more efficiently and uh, so they can choose how they wanna run their business. Uh, we're not gonna be telling them you know, uh, how to do these things. But rather like uh, on the other hand, like for, uh, uh, for the users, we're essentially building like a free public service uh, for entrepreneurs, uh, which doesn't have like any gotchas. It's like, it's, it's not like they, they would uh, sign up and then like, you know, uh, somewhere down the process they would discover there's like some hidden cost baked in somewhere. No, like we literally have like not, none of that uh, because it's a SaaS for, uh, for dev shops and that's how we monetize.
0: Got it. Yeah, that makes makes ton of sense. And then like, so you're looking in the specific, um, specific kind of a short term of it. If you were to zoom out and kind of look at the long term prospects for the company, what could you say the next five, ten years look like for it? Or, I guess, in other words, what's the um, what's the big vision uh, for Dev Shopper, and what direction are you growing in? Right. So, uh,
1: kind of like, um, um, mid term. Uh, a uh, uh, vision would be to become a go-to place for people to find uh, great service providers for their custom software development projects. And long-term vision would be, in addition to that, also making sure that we become an indispensable tool for dev shops, like good dev shops, uh, for running their operations, uh, not just in the sense of like uh, uh, getting projects that they can bid on or finding RFPs or whatever it is, but rather uh, a place where they can also do this kind of like a sort of load balancing, which I uh, described with uh, their uh, employee pools and, um, and also like some other aspects of, of their business.
0: And then for my, my, one of my last questions is, how can the forward thinking founders community help? Uh, Obviously you have, you know, big tasks ahead of you. You might be hiring or looking for more customers, than anything like that. How can the community listening assist with what you're doing? Um, Well, uh, I would say like uh, for starters, like if uh, anyone
1: from the community uh, has any custom software development project they uh, need done and they they want quality, feel free to sign up and post the project um, and just kind of like let's start there as for other things um, I would say because like we're we're still super early like literally uh, three months in uh, less than three months into the project uh, I would also say like you know tell your friends about it and all that but that kind of goes without saying right (laughs)
0: Yeah, and then, I mean, yeah, I feel like I asked that question because, you know, every every startup founder, you know, always has asked. So I kind of make, make it easy for them to ask. If someone did want to check this out, give it a shot. What's your URL? How can they find you online, uh, um, you know, on social media or via email? How can they get in touch?
1: Right. So uh, the URL is devshopper.com. And that's, that's the easiest way because like, um, as I said, they can create, they can go ahead and create an account and uh, post the project. Uh, if they wanna uh, get in touch, uh, you, uh, they can also um, uh, send me a message on Twitter. Um, it's at uh, my first name, last name. Uh, so Lazar Stojkovic, L-A-Z-A-R-S-T-O-J-K-O-V-I-C. Um, and yeah, like I would, be, I would be very happy to hear from you
0: guys. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, this was a great experience.